Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stories with Brie. I am super excited for my guest today. It is Arthur Nanku. She is a children's literary author. Arthur, not Arthur, but Arthur. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, for stumbling over my words. Y'all should know by now that this is going to happen. But I'm super excited to, to talk with her today about the books that she has and and just very excited to just get to know you as well and to introduce you to my um to my audience and to um learn more about you so please feel free at this time if you have more that you want to share about who you are and what you do yes you have the floor definitely thank you Bree. thank you for having me here i appreciate being part of this podcast i'm so excited um to share a little bit about who i am and what i do as well um, first and foremost, I'm a mom. Um, I'm a mom of two toddlers. And I am also, um, I was born in Africa. I moved to North America when I was 16 years old. I'm also a healthcare professional. So by day, I'm a healthcare professional. By night or by weekends, I'm a writer <laughs> and mom and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoy what I do. And I, I truly believe working from the heart. And that's what my father taught me, who is my hero. And um, all I do is from the heart. And if my heart is not it, actually, I let go. I, I always say life is too short to do the things that don't please your heart. So I am very, very aware of that. And I always follow that because I think it's just, it makes it easier in life and makes it you know, easier and makes life worth enjoying when you're doing things that you love and really your heart is in it. And so. I absolutely agree with everything that you just said <laughs> because um, part of the reason why I'm able to do this podcast and why I'm able to have these conversations with people is because I really love what I do and my heart is mm-hmm. in it. And I do, I too try my best to steer clear away from things that my heart's not in it because it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't mm. go well. And it, and you can tell when I'm not yeah. invested. And I so I try my best to be in a space where I'm surrounding by my, myself around people who are invested in the things that they love. And I mm. also love a, a multi-hyphenate. I do a lot of things too. I'm an author, I'm a publisher, <laughs> I'm a librarian. Yes. <laughs> I got I a regular job too on top of what we call sometimes we call it our side hustle so this is like a side hustle so I'm doing <laughs> but look I always have things going on so I understand and congratulations mm-hmm. and God bless you on being a mom of two toddlers listen <laughs> it is fun uh, it is fun uh, my son is turning five this month and honestly it um it makes you reflect I think it, it those it's the reason to where you really Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I read um, some quote or some poem. It's, it's nice, April. Um, right. And it was like this lady was talking about how she's getting older. She's almost 100 years old or something like that. And she's realizing that her days, you know, that she's going to live are much less than the days that she's lived before. Wow. And so now she's like, it's like every moment she's savoring, like she called it candy, right? She's savoring every moment, like a piece of candy, you know, not rushing it, just taking his time, like, right. Enjoying the piece of candy, knowing that life is limited, you know, like, but the, the thing that she said was, it's too short to like waste my time in meetings that are not helpful for me anymore. Right. Hello. Doing all these things like, you know, so like, you know, when you become a mom, You also think about those things like what is really important, what is valuable for you and your family. And it just it shifts a little bit, you know, to really start that process of spending time in the things that make your life full. 
And uh, I'm all about that. You know, I can go on and on, Brie, on this subject. So I should probably. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm okay with that. I need the wisdom. I'm not a mom yet. I've been an auntie all my uh, for oh. a big, large chunk of my life. However, I have helped with the rearing of my oldest nephews, and it mm. takes a lot. So I, you know, shout out to all the mamas and the daddies out there that have yes. to share these kids who are very much so reflections of ourselves, you know, and yes. our parts of our personalities. Cause I just believe that they, each one of your kids, although they're unique, they take on parts of your personality mm-hmm. that you're like, you know what? I didn't, want you. I didn't want you to have that. I didn't want you to take that, but here we are. And so now I got to deal with it and I got to have more grace and more patience mm-hmm. for my own parents because you know you're now a parent I could I can imagine that you do you're like listen was I like this when I was a kid I'm pretty sure those conversations go through your mind because they went through my mind even as helping as an auntie with my uh, nephews so um this conversation definitely could be a, a lifelong uh, conversation and I would just sit at your table and be like, listen, tell me all of it. Just let me talk to So I, but I want to- I'm ready to pour. Listen, and I, so I want to make sure that we stay on track here because it could definitely go to a different direction immediately. So um, I like to start off my guests with some icebreakers. And so my first icebreaker is, if you can remember, what was your favorite childhood book? so funny story I never had books when I was a child I I grew up without a book I um was like doing storytelling and so I um I started reading books when I was probably when I started school so I remember like my very early books as a child uh honestly I was a teenager I think because I was reading a lot of Mills and Boons uh like some really old um classic so yeah but I can say what I love to read my, my children right now. Um, my favorite book, uh, I love Grace Byers' I'm Enough. Yeah. You know, actually, it does inspire, it inspires how I write and um, how I think about books. And so that I would say that's one of my favorite um, books that I read to them almost all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful inside and out I have not had the opportunity to purchase a copy yet but mm-hmm. plan to because I remember when it first came out and I was like oh this is this oh is my different. god this is different and I, I like it. it and um so yeah I I definitely that's one of my faves uh even mm-hmm. though I don't I haven't purchased one yet it's definitely on my yeah. children's books to buy in in the near future yeah. it it's is definitely a good one to have I I like um yeah, I mean, I, I'm obsessed with it such that my trailer is inspired by that book, like everything. I mean, I was just like, I just want this whole theme. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean, yes. hey, we all get our inspiration from somewhere. And um, I'm, it's Grace, if you're hearing this, Miss Nanku loves your stuff, <laughs> wants to partner and collaborate because obviously that is something that I feel like needs to happen more anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I would love to see that. I can't wait to see it. And I could be like, exclusive, happen here at Story <laughs> We talked about it. I, I believe that at some point you guys will probably connect and that that will be at least a moment, even if you just yes. get a chance to tell her your book changed my life and my children's life. I think she will really appreciate that. Um, so do you have a library card? I do. Yeah. And <laughs> I do. 
so it's so funny because like you know how i was saying as a child i never owned a book mm -hmm. but when we first started going to school you know like the primary school i went to made us get a library card and i want to say i still have it somewhere in my mess here i kept that first library card that i had you know as a child and i still have it today it's like a reminder that it's honestly, it's the world of opportunities, right? My children like that just got their library cards last weekend too. Yay. So we are all booked and ready. <laughs> hey, yes, I am an advocate for libraries here. I feel like you're paying your taxes. You better utilize that free resource because it's just yes. fortunate that we get the opportunity to have that because I recognize that that's not something that probably traditionally happens all over the world. But the fact that we get the opportunity to have this privilege of going to a place that we can have access to materials and most libraries, not all of them, but most of them are switching over to a fee free thing so that you don't have to worry about fearing not going to a library because if your books are overdue or if you lose something, then that's a problem. And I love the fact that they're now moving into that space to where mm -hmm. they're recognizing that those fees are kind of some of the things that are preventing people from coming in. So yeah. I appreciate that. And I wish that more and more of them continue to do it. At first, I was like, you know, I was a person that was like, well, if they don't do the fees, then how does the library get, you know, get their money back to build their materials? But then I thought about mm -hmm. it and I was like, this fee thing is a barrier for yes. people who don't have the finances who need mm -hmm. to utilize the library to come mm -hmm. in and to accept, you know, to be able to have free reign to use and, and bring and get whatever it is that they need. And there is a very small amount of individuals who are, you know, it's a very, very small amount for individuals who are not you know, bringing items and stuff back. So I was just like, you know, I had to change my mind. You know, I have to update some thinking myself. So I had to reprogram mm -hmm. myself to think like, this is still a problem. So yes, um, we, even we as have a to librarian. Be, <laughs> I know we have to be in a habit, right? Of changing mm -hmm. how we see things. And yeah, often, you know, bias checking everything all the time. Yeah. Oh, the time. <laughs> so <laughs> are you a digital or a pen and paper type of girl? Pen and paper, definitely a pen and paper. Okay. Yeah, most people that have come on, they've either been pen and paper, solely pen and paper, or they've kind of been like, oh, I do a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, I can be hybrid. You know, I guess it depends. Like, I am anal about my calendar being, um, I can, I mean, I have my calendar on my phone, right? I have my calendar on my computer and everything like that, but I also love to write it down. Like okay. I have a big calendar of everything that I write down and I use my written one more, right? Because when I write, you remember, like since school, when I write something, I always remember. Mm -hmm. So I write things down so I remember uh, what's going on. So, but then when it comes to writing my book, right? When I write my book, um, I I use my phone I use my notes okay. literally all my books are there I record my voice like if I can write uh, I'm recording so like it just depends on what's the scenario but definitely love that paper and pen type of thing so you mentioned Grace Breyers but do you have a favorite author or writer outside of Grace so many, um, you know, like being in, in being a children's book author, I've got to I've got to meet so many independent authors who I love to support. And honestly, I think that all my inspiration, Naomi Dunstan White, you have Kim, you have Jacqueline Cran, like so many amazing authors that I've met. Honestly, that I learned something from them, right? Okay. And um, so I would say, 
all my independent author friends, you know, I think my network, honestly, they are all, I've, I've learned something from them, right? I think their style of writing, mm-hmm. how they show up, you know, everything. So I wouldn't say just one, right? Um, I would just definitely like that cohort of sister authors that, you know, we have. I, I, I really appreciate and, and love each one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I have a special place, you know, it's a special place in my heart here for independent self-published artists. So you, mm-hmm. you're not going to get any protests from me on that regard. <laughs> I am very much so biased in that way because as a publisher, I do help independent authors get their books and their things published. And there's a it's it takes a certain amount of tenacity and drive to decide that, hey, I want, not only do I want to be a writer, but I want to be an author. And I also want to publish my books and I want to make sure that this material gets directly to the consumer. And Mm -hmm. then I'm also going to be my own marketing specialist and all of the other things that go on with promoting yourself that you're not getting from a traditional backing from what maybe Mm -hmm. a traditional publisher would do. And all of that funding is coming directly out of your pocket to make sure those Mm -hmm. things happen. But the benefit of that is the fact that all of that money then comes back to you and you don't have to (laughs) about you know paying someone else and for the most part you know maybe for your illustrations and things of that nature but your cost still is a little bit more minimized versus Mm -hmm. all of the money going out going out going out and then you only see Mm -hmm. maybe a fraction of those you know and a lot and that's kind of uh and even with the independent publishing and stuff there can be some some weight, some ebbs and flows there as well. And I'm gonna get off my soapbox on that regard because I could go all day about, about that. So when you mentioned that when you write your stories, you write use your notes app and Mm -hmm. I am an advocate for the notes app over here, a big advocate for the notes app over here. I've always said, Apple, if y'all want to sponsor us, I will be the sponsor for that app. (laughs) So I am (laughs) a big advocate for the notes app. So you say you use the the notes app and then you do some voice recording and stuff. What else Mm -hmm. is your process like as you prepare to plan out a project or what you're going to do? I know. So I guess, you know, right, being a mom and, you know, having juggling a lot of things, I don't honestly plan out like I would love to have I don't know if I would do it like let's say if I had a writing retreat I just take a weekend I go out to write I don't know how um how effective I will be I've never tried it it's always in a run like I think it's like things that inspires me like so like you know for example um I started actually like it's so funny storytelling um I've been thinking about writing up my African story in -hmm. some ways, like how we grew up, Mm -hmm. just like the different unique things. You know, in my books, I try to highlight a little bit of my, you know, you will see like the unique bars or you will see like a weird, different picture. I try to bring in like some African heritage into my books. You know, it might not be like the main thing, but it's there, hints of it. That's good. And so, yeah, so I've been thinking about it. So, but my process is honestly, um, it's sometimes I'm just telling my kids a story. Like right now we've been telling a story about like how we used to walk on this road every day when we walk to school, right? We're always walking. Mm-hmm. And I remember the road being so dusty, right? And just like, if you go into school, sometimes the shoes get dirty. And so we will walk miles to get to the bus stop. And before we get to the bus, cause we know, right? We, the bus will be packed. You can't clean your shoes when you're in the bus. So before we get on the bus, we make sure we clean our shoes put you know that little cloth back in our bags and then so we're ready and clean for school you know but just sharing a little story of that my son has been very interested you know every night like we don't 
you know, he would like read a book and then he'd be like, tell us the story about this road and what you guys did. So I've been telling them the story and I was like, oh my God, I need to be recording this. And so like, I told them the story and I was recording the story, in my voice, you know, on my voice because we're like getting ready to sleep. So that's like one area, but sometimes, and most of the time, my process comes when I'm relaxed. I like to take long baths or when I'm just about to nap. I think about something and then I just something inspires me different things I just wrote a piece like I had a friend who passed away you know like a couple of months back just before 10 40 and you know like I was just thinking oh my god what happens to us when we go away like what do our kids like it just like just had a moment of thinking about that and then I started writing a story I just like literally just got to my phone you know it wasn't a good place to write I just lay there my daughter was sleeping next to me and I just started writing, like literally, I just went on and on and on. I just wrote what I was feeling like, but it was more like a message for them that they will have whenever I publish that book, right? Mm -hmm. In the future, like when I'm gone, like they will not always be there. That's the title of the book. But I just started writing, I started writing and writing and I finished it actually. And then I put it away. It just, I, you know, I have a lot of manuscript that I've already been working on, but I don't have, um, you know, a plan process. I don't know if there's a term for this. I just, you know, when Inspires come, my new book, you know, I was driving to work, dropping off my son from um, downtown Chicago, dropping my son off at preschool and I was going to work at Northwestern mm -hmm. and a line came to my head, like the tree, you know, like I was just like looking at the trees. I don't know, I just gazed for a minute. And then I was like, oh, like trees, our oh, voice change. I was like, oh, that's a line, right? And I, I grabbed my phone, I recorded it. Like, and I was just like, yeah. You know, so I recorded a line. And then of course it went, you know, it made it to my book, the final editing. So it's everywhere. I, I think inspiration for me is everywhere. And I don't have, you know, I'm probably working on three different projects right now okay. that, you know, when I feel led to publish one, then I will. But I, I think I only have like three ready to be edited manuscripts, but you know, I just keep thinking about them. When something comes, I add a line or two to them, mm -hmm. but I don't have, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to, I don't know if I'm that organized, like just sit down for two hours. And write. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand completely because in so many ways I write the same way <laughs> because I'm always, I'm always on the go. So for, it's interesting that you even brought that up. So like my first book, I would say that I did do more of sitting and trying mm. to write and trying to process and go through, but then I like stopped writing for almost a year and mm. I set it down because I was really trying to understand what story I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell the story from a healed place. I wanted to make sure that I was telling my parts of the story and not telling mm. someone else's. I wanted to, I, in many ways, I was still protecting others even if it did affect me I was protecting people in the story and trying to make sure like I said I was telling the stories from my perspective and not telling someone else's story that and not giving them the right to in the room to be able to tell their story mm -hmm. and but then that worked out but the second book I called myself trying to plan like this like the month of March was supposed to be right and it, I literally put the calendar invite in there right your book write your book every day in the month of March did not at any point because I was also filming for stories of Brie and stuff did not mm -hmm. at any point really have a chance to like physically sit and just write mm -hmm. it came in spurts 
if I'll have an idea, I'll have a concept, or I was thinking about something, something that, that affected me deeply or whatever it was, mm-hmm. might take 30 minutes. I'll write everything that I feel in that 30 mm-hmm. minutes and the words will just come and it will just flow out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm done with this for now. And then mm-hmm. I'll go back maybe later or as I'm walking, as I'm processing all of these different things, I'm just adding them as notes into this mm-hmm. space. So almost mm-hmm. like an outline type thing, but I'm constantly adding, I'm constantly coming up with titles to the chapters and, and concepts and ideas that I'm thinking about. And so eventually at some point, because my goal is to publish my second book this year, eventually mm-hmm. I will go through all of those notes and I will kind of combine them together and then do mm-hmm. some fillers. But I'm doing the same thing that you did. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I've ever had a moment where I'm trying to work with this second book where I just mm-hmm. kind of was able to sit at a space for several hours and just write. I have not had that. So I, I completely understand. And I think that's, my writing has always kind of been like that, especially when it comes to like poetry for me and right. Mm-hmm. Poetry month, super excited. About yes. Um, but when it comes to poetry, I'm inspired by all kinds of things. And I mm-hmm. always write poems on the go. And I don't even mm-hmm. know what it feels like to kind of just sit there and, and just write hours and hours and hours. And I was like, it takes a certain amount of discipline to sit in one spot and just and write that way oh, and, and, and I don't know I feel like I'll be so stressed out like the pressure of having to deliver it was so much more for me that I, I don't know if I'll be able to deliver mm-hmm. like I, I, I feel like writing is um at least for me it's it's like it's it's a source of healing yeah. it's really a source of letting go and and getting uh inspiration my daughter is at the door Oh, that's okay. <laughs> She's like, mommy, I want to interrupt. I want time. <laughs> you know, oh. have kids. They look, you can't take an hour off. You don't get that. <laughs> so I, that's okay. Oh no, I know. Oh no. <laughs> but yes, um, but yeah, I think that'll be that'll be the hardest thing to do. I'm so it just has to come, right? And then so I don't have to stress about it, right? Because um, it's not my primary. Um, I enjoy doing it. But like, right, I'm not on a demand on like a, a contract, right? I have to deliver five chapters, you know? So why do I make it stressful for myself then? Like, right, I don't know. Oh, you just, listen, you just saved my whole life <laughs> with that one <laughs> second. And that's so true. And I think that is also um, a benefit of, right, of just being your own boss in that way is that you have to recognize, like, stop creating anxiety for yourself and that's what I was trying to do because I was starting to feel a little way I was like I'm not sitting I'm not writing this prompt keeps coming up then I was like but you are writing you're just not writing in the way that you would have probably expected yourself to do so but you've been writing and once you put all of these thoughts together you may you might have a whole book here and you just haven't bothered to put it all together yet and Mm -hmm. to be honest I do have a whole book of material already written out that I have to just go through and organize and so Mm -hmm. I had to relieve myself of the pressures of thinking that way and being confined to this particular type of space Um, Mm -hmm. and so you just mentioned that you're currently working on three different books at one time how mm-hmm. how do you do that how do you just manage to, <laughs> to just come up you with know, for three different things <laughs> yeah so when I started writing uh brave uh for me like all right I was coming from a place of healing actually writing came uh, I lost my father and um 
I was feeling in a, I was in a dark place a little bit, right? And so a lot of things came up. I remember actually, I wrote three chapters. Um, like I have a, um, a book that I'm writing, like a chapter book that I'm writing. I literally had three chapters done in one sitting. I just like literally just like, I was just letting go of mm -hmm. what I was feeling, sharing my story that way. You know, but then, you know, in that midst of it all, I wanted something positive for my children. That's how I went into children's book. You know, but like titles come all the time. Like, so like, I mean, I, my, my series is like, I celebrate, right? I celebrate myself, I celebrate my voice. And so I have like probably five or seven titles of different things that I celebrate, right? And yeah. so like, it's all these different ideas. Like I was telling you, like, I have this book now about the road. So it's all there mm -hmm. in my notes. And so like, sometimes I would just think of something like, right? Like, and then I feel in a, a puzzle, a page or, or two pages of book number one, you know, but I, I don't think of it as like, you know, I'm probably working on more, I don't know, but I don't think of it as like, okay, I wanna finish these three projects now. I wanna say actually three of them are done, um, but I know they're out there. Sometimes inspiration will come and then I'll add some things, I'll tweak a thing, you know, I, I mean, I had them in memory, right? Right. But, um, but yeah, I just, I think I don't confine myself in that space of, you know, I don't know what I'm releasing for my third book yet, but I know I'm going to have a third book next year, right? Okay. So I'm keeping my energy, I'm keeping my, uh, I'm, I'm just keeping a flow of like, right, like whatever I feel, where I'm led to, right? My son is very involved in the titles now because he can understand. So he's like leading me like, oh, okay, so it seems like to like this more. Okay. All right, maybe let's do this one book next. So I just, yeah, I yeah, I think it's just, take my time, <laughs> allow it to flow, and then just write as it comes, refine it. And when I choose to start editing one, then that's when I focus on enhancing that just one book, right? Okay. And getting it ready. But the manuscripts are done. And um, yeah, it's just a matter of building up on that and just making it better every day. Okay, so you just mentioned something that I thought was so, one is sweet and significant. You said that your son is also involved in this process with you. Mm -hmm. So um, as a children's literature artist, Arthur, as a, uh, as a children's lit book person, would you say, did you start writing a desire to write children's books because of you becoming a mother? Or were that was that something already there that was brewing and you just was like, okay, I'll now mm -hmm. pursue this more now that I have stepped into this role. Yeah. So you shaking your head no. So did you start yeah. you had children? Huh? Yes. Like I, I never thought I'd be an author, honestly. And I think with my first book, I don't even think I did too much research. I learned a lot in the way, along the way, mm -hmm. but I was just ready. It just came and I just did it. Like I'm very, um, I'm, I'm such an emotion person, right? Like I, um, like, you know how, like the heart, mm -hmm. I, I just, I really, Sometimes I don't do much reasoning. I follow my heart and I just do. Mm -hmm. And my heart says go, I go. <laughs> and, and so like, yes, my son, my, my son at that time inspired me to write my books because I wanted him at that time to really see himself in books, but also to, to feel like, right, to like love himself at a young age. You know, like babies, kids are like sponges. You know, they take anything, like they learn words, they take anything. I just imagine how beautiful would it be to empower children to love themselves and really learn this at an early age. Yeah. You know, imagine like they grow up, I mean, they will come out, peer pressure, whatever. They have a foundation of self-love, yes. self-awareness, confidence. 
like it's going to be very hard to shake that foundation and so that's really what my books like everything came about from that point like building a strong foundation for my children to love and embrace their stories and who they are so I'm going to go out in the world and I'm not there with them they know who they are <laughs> they cannot be shaken from that yes that's so good oh my goodness that's so good to know who you are um, that is so important and um in the grand scheme of things is do you feel as far as like there has been a lot of overhaul in children's literature where we're seeing more diverse stories we're seeing more of our stories being told we're seeing mm -hmm. more book deals in that area where when you walk into the bookstore now you can actually physically see books made for and made by people of color and mm -hmm. I'm just like I remember when I was a kid and I'm not that old you know I'm I'm in my early 30s this mm -hmm. wasn't always present even when mm -hmm. I was a young child but it's generations of kids now where that's going to become a norm for them they are not going to know what it means to not see books that look like you or that's yeah that's a beautiful thing right that's that's an amazing thing and it's really like the all the strides that every author is trying to do right mm -hmm. i mean just imagine so like if they don't have to worry about seeing themselves in books what more can they do right it's yeah. like the world of possibilities is just so vast they can accomplish absolutely anything you know we're bridging those barriers for them to to find their identity to their confidence, right? We're bridging that barrier and creating them and putting them in a step further yes. to propel even higher, to reach beyond the skies. And so it's an amazing thing. And I say, it gives me chills when I think and talk about it because I look at my kids, I think about my struggle as a child that I had to go through, right? I mean, their world, I didn't have running water in the house, like simple things like that. I had to go out, fetch water for drinking yeah. and, I didn't think about it at the time, right? but that's my life. Mm -hmm. But for them, everything is just, right? Like everything is just here. It's so it. like their life, their barriers are very different and they're already at a position to do even more than I can ever thought, imagine. And that's a legacy. That's a beautiful thing that I think I would be building. And I'm excited to be part of it. I think that's the, the inspiration for me to go forward and to push. And yes, yes. Oh, and you just mentioned something that's so important to to note because um parts of that is also a part of my own story although i have lived in a place where i do know what it's like to have an indoor public system and to live mm -hmm. where a place where there's running water and stuff so I, I i'm very fortunate in that regard however that does not discount the struggles that i've had to deal with with navigating mm -hmm. and growing up for instance um, well, I was growing up in many ways based off of the the United States or whoever's uh, definition of what homelessness is. I was homeless. I grew up um, in a church. I for the maybe the first 15 to 17 years of my life, I actually physically lived inside of a church because this is a property that my grandmother owned and we lived in that space. And that's where we were because you know, financially, we really couldn't afford it. We would maybe move out in and out sometimes to rent or whatever. But for the most part, we couldn't carry that burden. And so we used the, the tools and the things that we have. And so now this generation, like my nephews and stuff, they don't really know 
what it feels like they only lived there for a brief moment but for mm-hmm. the majority of their last 10 to 12 years of their life they know what it's like to live in a house. They know what it's like to have a shower, to have hot running water, to have things, you know, those minor things that people think are supposed to be necessities that are actually luxuries. And I, I would tell my friends and them all the time, like a shower is a luxury. Having a television is a luxury. <laughs> you know, having these different things, hot water is a luxury. Like we're fortunate and, and you're fortunate to never have to ever really be in that type of position. Yeah. And so yeah. I love how you're saying that, you know, it does help to change and expand their horizons and it doesn't cap them to believe that they can and they can and they do and they will. And I will say that I was fortunate enough to have a parent who didn't put those types of barriers on me as well, saying that I had to be a specific type of way in society. I had to confine myself to these types of rules. I've never had those limits put on me. And that's, and I, believe that that did give me free space to just dream and to and to consider a lot of the things that I desire to do now there were some limitations in certain areas about some things but there was just some hesitancies there because of Mm -hmm. you know previous generations trauma and having to deal with certain things but in many ways, I feel like my creativity was never staunched because I grew up around entrepreneurs and creatives and they allowed me space to expand. My grandmother has always allowed me space to expand, which I really appreciate her for. And in that expansion, she supported me. And what I feel like you're doing as an Arthur, and you can tell me if this is true, and as Arthur and a mom, you're giving your children that ability to expand and to see themselves and to desire to say, if mommy can do this, if she can be an author, if she can be a health work, healthcare worker, you can do both of these things too, or you can go a step further. Is that kind of like the purpose and the place that you're you're heading in? Yes. And honestly, and beyond that, Brie, I think the uh, the beauty of it is also sharing my story because I grew up in the rural village and I look back and I'm always connected with my roots back home and I want to inspire those children who are growing up right now right I'm working on making sure that book access you know like children don't grow up without books anymore I have a lot of donation campaigns that I'm working on to make sure that people in villages across the world especially in Africa right everybody has a book so it's it's yes it's my children it's also beyond that like to share that You know, it doesn't really matter who you are, where you come from, what you have, what you don't have. You also have a potential to be more than you can ever imagine, right? You have a potential to achieve anything, right? Uh, Look at me, like where I am today. I reflect on it all the time, right? From where I grew up to be where I am today. It's nothing but grace, but also somehow my parents believed that we could do more. And so I was able to dream and push to achieve those things and so it's really a testimony and testimony like even your story right which is why I think it's so important for everyone who wants to write to write and share their story because you're not only telling your immediate people or your immediate families that this is possible this can be done but you're touching somebody who is in the same situation as you right now to look and learn and say I too can do it and I think that's the beauty of being an author, you know, to touch the unseen, but hopefully with your story, you can help create a change, a chain of belief that people can be anything. 
Yes, yes, yes. And can and will and, and have the access to do it. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I love it. It's just, ooh, it just makes me feel so good. <laughs> like having this conversation feels so great. It's just so yeah. uplifting and so warming. So I am mm-hmm. just enjoying it. I'm soaking it all in because I'm like, yes. Yes, yes, I love all of that. And um, yes, and let's go back to talking about that, talking about your home space and your homeland and where you come from. And you say that in your books, you try to incorporate at least one small piece of that in everything Mm -hmm. that you write. How essential and important is that? Like, and art, and I know you said that you're working on a few things that tells your story, but how important is that for that particular piece in that particular heritage to be placed within the story that, of course, will live on well beyond mm-hmm. you? And how important is it for you to incorporate that into the society and the culture that you're now engulfed in, like in America? And why do you think it's important for even us as Americans to understand what it's like to actually live in Africa, to grow up and to be, you know, bred, or I don't want to say bred because it makes it sound like an animal, but to be nurtured (laughs) in a space in such yeah. a beautiful country outside of what we've probably been fed in media and all of those different things that are not mm-hmm. always conducive to the actual beauty of the place why it's so mm-hmm. important for your story yeah. to have that in there I know you know Bri, the the reality of things is we'll never experience all the different experiences that the world has for us right uh, I will never learn, you know, understand your story. Like I would never, I may live parts of it. I may experience part of it, mm-hmm. but you only have your own unique story that you have lived and you can tell. And so for me, my African heritage is so important in so many, in so many ways, right? I started to write because my father inspired me, but putting that little bit of that, you know, it's it's in so many ways, right? The first thing is really, for my kids, I want them to look at my first, my second book, actually. I have the kid wearing the flag of my country, mm-hmm. right? Well, someday they will know this and they will like connect with that, right? But it's just really bringing that awareness that everybody has a different story. And, you know, learning about that story helps you understand a little bit of some empathy, like, right? You get to understand how other people live. And I think mm-hmm. when you're empathic, you begin to care. Yeah. You begin to understand, you begin to be mindful. And so I think it's it's very good educationally to widen our horizon on how other others live, you know. It's so funny, like sometimes, you know, not not funny, you know, really. But I was picking up my son from school and you know, we were stopped in, you know, somewhere on Lakeshore and there were like this guy like who were, you know, begging for money. And then my son started asking the questions, right? You know, we never talked about it. Like, mom, why are they outside? It's so cold. You know, it's raining. I was like, you know, they are asking for money because, you know, maybe they don't have a home. I don't know their story, but they need our help, you know. And I think I don't know what we gave him at that time. But, you know, and so every time he saw it, he was like, you know, it's so good to share because when you share, you can help others get what they don't have, right? Like, you know, every time we pass through, that's and it's all the same people, right? You will like think about that. Like, you know, I need to be able to share. I need to be able to be grateful yeah. for what I, have, what I have. And so I think from an early age, you know, showing those little things, you know, I think I show different things. Like I think in my second book, I even show the, the community, like the name of the bus had the name of the village I grew up in, right? I just put it there in the background, you know, like only people who maybe know or see will understand, oh, 
that bath looks familiar, right? And then I tell <laughs> the story about Sarah. And so it's just little things. And some of the things, like for my first book, I had kids playing in the water in the river, right? Because we did a lot of things there, right? We did our laundry in a river. We learned how to swim in a river. We used to get water outside of the home, like in a well or a river, right? For different things. And so there's a lot of stories in there that I can tell my children about how we grew up. No, remember that. And they can share it to their kids and to their kids' kids. And so it's really building those little stories about your heritage yeah. embedded in the story so that that heritage lives on and they can remember where we came from, yeah. how things were started, you know, for them. You know, we might not have a full family tree. Maybe we should have a family tree, but they can always have something that will help them connect those pieces and learn just a little bit more about how mommy and daddy grew up. And right. So it's it's all about that, I think. But more than anything, is teaching kids empathy to learn about others, to understand. What others go through and so they can appreciate and be grateful and and find ways to help and because you know yeah. you can't help if you don't know so it's a way of just bringing that awareness absolutely yeah. you can't help if you don't know that is that is so true in so many ways um and it's so important to me that you said what you said, because we have this thing that's happening right now. Of course, it's being based in Texas, but to be honest, it's been happening all over the country and even all over the world in many ways where there's this book banning and there's this children's lit book banning. There is different grade level book banning and um, it really is these adults trying to like enforce their way onto children or enforce their way mm -hmm. into censoring the, which I mean, I guess on some front as a parent, you do have your right to decide what you want your child to be influenced by. However, mm -hmm. I don't think you have the right to say that that should be a rule that's enforced on a whole group of people. You're mm -hmm. responsible for your own household, not for everybody else's household. So mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on why you think this either is a nuisance or if you think that it's important, just, you know, what are your thoughts? Share your yeah. thoughts on book banning. You know, I, I think book banning, the fact that it's happening is very unfortunate because to me, it's silencing people and it's 2022. Mm -hmm. How can you silence voices, right? No. That is just not right. So when you silence somebody who's sharing a story through a book, mm -hmm. you are limiting and you're cutting their voice. And in this day and age, that shouldn't be the case. But the biggest thing too is that it's surprising to me, but of course not surprising that we still feel like, you know, knowledge is power, right? Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. So when people know and learn, they think differently. But this is a form of control because then we want certain people to only learn certain things and and then it's limiting and honestly it's um I can't think of the right word right now without thinking of a bad word but it's <laughs> you know it's um it's suffocating in a way like you're really suppressing voices when we already have freedom of speech when we already have the right to choose, the right to, to learn, to expand our knowledge. And so when you ban and stop books that telling a story that you just may think it's shouldn't be heard, but it's true. Like it's like, it, to me, it's like you're suffocating somebody who is trying to let their voices out yeah. just because you don't agree with that. So like, that's a control, a form of control of 
knowledge expansion like just you're just controlling because you want certain things to be done and this is a problem honestly and it's an unfortunate thing that's happening even in literature right like that's why now there's a big part of self-published authors because yeah. their stories are not represented right we're not all rich we're not all famous we are not all right we all have different stories that we want to share to touch the vast majority of people around the world and so when you suppress that you are saying my story doesn't matter. Yeah. It's 2022. My story matters. My voice matters. And I, I cannot be suppressed because where I come from, what I have to say matters. Yeah. So let people choose what to read, but don't control the distribution or like, right? Don't control this book because you just want, you don't agree with it. That's yeah. a form of control, suppression, slavery in a different level, but you're controlling what people can learn and you're controlling that knowledge, that powerful thing that helps them be and understand who they are. Yeah. That's wrong. That's, oh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very wrong. Like even with some of the things that we saw happening with um, the Supreme, well, she's not the Supreme Court justice yet, but mm -hmm. some of the conversations that was having, that were being had surrounding books and things of that nature when uh, when she was being questioned and uh, Miss Katanji and it was just like what <laughs> like it, 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 your limited understanding of this and the crazy thing about it is a lot of the people that are advocating for these things to happen you've probably never even read the book you probably don't mm -hmm. even know nothing about it. And then the crazy thing about it is, it's just a lot of this is happening around people of color's of literature. Color. It's not someone that doesn't look like us. It's more people that are on this list that are people of color than there are that are a part of, you know, Caucasian or a part of the white society. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, why are we trying to do some type of reverse slavery or racism or whatever? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what did this child trying to do or you, but it's, like you said, it's 2022 and we don't need to be going backwards. We need to be moving forward. And moving forward. But we just started building momentum where more people of colors, literature, their literary work is being picked up. It's being put out there. Yeah. And I I agree with you part of the reason why I decided to become a self-published author and not even bother to go through the process of trying to do book proposals and stuff like that is because I know the system I know how to to work it and it's a very strong likelihood that some of these top people if I'm not already working there or if I don't already have some type of connection or something or like you said if I don't have money and I'm not a public facing person is very very low probability that you would have even accepted my proposal it's a it's a modest game i mean like am yeah. i gonna sell books is this person known right like i mean it's so many factors which is unfortunate you know but i understand it's a business right so maybe that's where we want to go but why not spend the investment in sharing diverse stories and you know like it's, it goes in so many ways like you know you have books which are you know, represent stories of people of color, but not written by people of color, right? There's so many things around. So, you know, that just makes you feel like, uh, you know, like I don't yeah. understand, but you know, it's a system, it's a system. And, you know, one thing I wanted to say about the book banning too, I tell my kids every day, you know, one of the affirmations I would do every day, I tell them that you are powerful beyond measure. I am powerful beyond measure. And, you know, sometimes I honestly think as people of color, 
we have a drive, you know? If you can come from nothing and make something, like this, it takes a certain mentality, mm -hmm. certain resilience, certain, yeah. certain strength to be able to push through anything and still make it, right? There's something about us. I don't know if it's, there's something about, you know, our people, us, like how we have the zeal to fight. We have the zeal to move forward. And I think it's frightening if you don't have that. It's very frightening if you don't understand that. It's very frightening if you see it coming. It's like a volcano, right? Imagine, I, I've never been in that experience, but imagine you're like, down the mountain hill and then in a volcano started erupt. I used to have a very geographic, vivid imagination. Imagine a volcano started to erupt. It's so big, it's powerful. And the lava just keeps coming down the volcano, chasing after you. Mm -hmm. You know you can't face it. You know there's nothing to do but to run, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you see something so powerful mm -hmm. coming, there's nothing to do but it's either you try to suppress it or you just let go, move, yeah. like open the way for yeah. that power to ignite, for that radiance to light up, right? And so it's like, I think that's the thing too that also frightens and really impulse people to like, can I put oppression? Because they can see that fire banning, right? They can see that zeal, that energy, that determination to, to, to just come out. And we are there, like, I think we've been there for a while. And so it's frightening if you don't have it. It's honestly frightening if you you can't match up, <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. And so what what else can you do but oppress? Because you have the power right now to oppress, but it won't be for long, right? This is just a temporal thing. And you know, I believe that we have the right energy to make a change. We have the right zeal, resilience to to push through regardless of what happens. And so I truly believe that eventually the system will work for us because we have that. We will never give up. Yeah. You know, it's a fight that we are, we are ready for it. And so I am, I'm confident that, you know, things, we're going to have setbacks, but we're going to push through those and, and make Absolutely. it even better. Absolutely. There is, it definitely takes a certain tenacity and resilience to continue to push through oppression and continue to to say by any means necessary i'm going to keep moving forward and i'm going to keep doing this i'm going to keep striving i'm going to keep fighting for um my right as an individual as a human being as a human not just a human doing but a human being and the inalienable rights that i have to move to breathe and to take up space in this in this arena in this world i have the ability and the right to do that because that's something that I was created just like you, just mm -hmm. like someone who has blood running through their veins to have and to have this opportunity. So I absolutely agree with you on that. And I think that, um, like you said, if you can't control it, you try to figure out ways to that, you know, that's where redlining came from. That's where all of these different like little nuances and things, different laws and, and things like that, like the anti-lynching law was just finally signed it took how long for you know and but that's a whole other conversation but the fact that it was finally signed that someone thought that it was important enough for that to go through and it's just like even those things the fact that someone of color could can, can still be lynched and it was a law and it was legal was a whole thing and I was just like it took to 2022 for this 
to be say this is a hate crime it's always been a hate crime it's always been a crime against humanity but mm-hmm. now we have the ability to say like oh well there will be consequence for whatever action this you know this entails but and I love the fact that what's happening now which is not necessarily toppling traditional publishing because I don't have any problems with traditional publishers I know I love them and they they're there for what they're there for but I like what's happening the fact that um more people are saying I don't need you to help me tell my story I'll just go Mm -hmm. ahead and tell my own story and what's being shown is there is a market for it Mm -hmm. because you cannot deny like okay you don't want you don't want us that you want to talk about it, but what you can't deny is numbers. And what you cannot deny is that if if we're going to play the numbers games, here's the numbers, here's the the mark, and all we have to do is come up with the right plan, with the strategic plan, build your community. That is very possible. You're seeing it happen. You're you and you're fully aware of it. So I I completely agree with everything that you said. Um, as we prepare to wrap up, because like I said, it's been a lovely hour talking, with you, <laughs> chatting with you. And please feel free um, to show your books on the screen so if people oh. know where to pick them up and what they look like. And then I'll also yes. um, make sure I put some information in the show notes. But please. Yes. So my latest book is uh, I Celebrate My Voice. I know I have my ring light on. Uh, but you know, I was telling you about the flag of my country, that yes. Kenya, right? So it's got like little unique things, you know, in this book that I show about that. Because the biggest thing I wrote this one is because um, I felt like my voice was silenced for a long, long, long time. And I couldn't talk about so many hateful things that I went through. And, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that even the children in my village, right, so small, they know that they have the courage to speak up. And so like this book, I wanted to show more. I think I show more unique things about my country, which, you know, on my other visits, I do indulge the kids in some of those African stories as well. Um, so that's my first book. I mean, so it's my latest book that just came out in April, in February. Okay. And then this is my first one. I celebrate my skin. Ooh, so cool. And again, we talk about our skin, how it's beautiful. It's they're all self-affirming books uh, written in prose. Um, helping children really affirm, right, those things to them, that I celebrate my skin, it's beautiful just the way it is. So affirming and repeating and really understanding that they are enough. And yeah, I put in a little bit of like some child, like that, the, actually the book is set in my country because you will see like um, there's this African safari, a little bit there. You will see jacaranda trees, which are very common in in, um, in Southern Africa. You will see like the kids playing in the water. Mm-hmm. You know, just it's literally just set at home. It's all outside, okay. different you know scenes of um, that you can picture in my country. Sometimes I play a video of my country and I read my book, and everybody were like, ah, that connect. They connect the pieces. So yeah, those are my books, and then I have three coloring books. I celebrate okay. my skin, coloring and activity. I celebrate my voice, coloring and activity and affirmation books. And then I have um, I cel- A to Z musical celebration. I okay. bring musical and dances around the world in a coloring and affirmation way as well. I wanted them to be more meaningful. I, I, I like to, I see my books as a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. And so I wanna carry on the conversation. And so my colorings is just not coloring. 
it's questions, it's affirmations, it's thoughtful activities that they can do to drive the message that I'm trying to push across. So awesome awesome thank you you for that for sharing and you all please support her um but one last question and what i want to get a piece of advice that you would give to maybe a first-time author or somebody who's just who's been writing forever and they just have decided that they didn't they need the extra push to to publish what advice would you give them um if as they're starting their journey to publishing yeah, you know, I just did a, um, a, an interview and I gave this advice and I'm actually going to repeat it because I think it's so valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how we all have different experiences, right? Everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. And so if you wanting to write and you don't feel like your story is going to be good enough, you know, you have some hesitation around that. I will tell you that everybody has a story that you only have lived and that's a superpower in your story, share that story, write that story. And the other thing is, you know, don't give up, you know, give yourself time, give yourself grace and and just write, but find a way that works for you. Not everybody writes the same. We talked about that, Brie. We all write very differently. Find a way that works for you that will make it enjoyable because when you are relaxed and you are not stressed out, that's the creativity space. And so you're more creative, you can write more if you don't build this pressure situations around yourself. So make it enjoyable, find what works for you. Don't compare yourself with others and just write. Those are my tips. Absolutely. (laughs) And thank you for them tips. And please let the people know where they can find you if you're on social media, where they can find you on social media. And I'll make sure that that information is down in the show notes. It has been a, once again, I just can't stress it enough. It has been a lovely hour. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to you. You're so shines through so well. So please, please let us know where we can follow you thank you Bri. i enjoy the conversation as well so i am on instagram i am nonkus corner on instagram my website is nonkuscorner.com and i am on facebook i have my full name there but if you go on nonkus corner you can find my full name it's it's very hard but it's nonkurulegogunene but i think if you go to facebook page nonkus corner is the easiest one i'm on youtube i'm nonkus corner and I am on TikTok. I don't think I'm Nonkus Corner on TikTok just yet, uh, but I am on TikTok as N-K-U-N-K-Z. I couldn't change my username, but I'm everywhere. Um, you know, you can find me anywhere. I think if you search my name, Nonku, something's gonna come up. Um, I've been doing a lot of things to really spread the word. And so you will find me even through Google. If you Google my name, just part of it, I'm sure something's gonna come up or my titles, I celebrate my skin. I celebrate my voice. You'll be able to find me that way as well. Yes, tell them, Google me, baby. (laughs) As Tiana, shout out to Tiana Taylor. Google me. Yes, I love it. Uh, So as always, you all, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you all back here next week. Have a great weekend. Bye, everyone. Bye, thank you.